fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I'm really starting to question how much training the Democrats actually get when they try to relate to their constituents and try and, re- try and relate to the common folk. It's not working for them very well. Every step of the way, they completely ignore what's happening in the real world. And I'm telling you, there is a crossroads going on right now between what is important to the average Joe Schmo, you and me, just trying to make a living, go home, put food on the table at the end of the day, and elitist establishment swamp-like Democrat progressive liberal hacks that just think that everything's about their own personal gain. They don't get the correlation and they don't get why their policies are so unpopular in the nation right now, which is why they're going to get devastated and completely obliterated in the midterm elections coming up next year. Welcome into the program. Boy, do we have a lot to get to today. Pelosi is trying to defend a lot of the lawmakers about not reporting their financial trades that they make on the stock market as congressional leaders. I don't see anything wrong with that. According to Pelosi, they should be able to participate in that and... By the way, 49 different members of Congress failing to report their financial trades to on their taxes. So that's cute. That's well done. And she has no problem with that whatsoever. Remember back in the day when Hillary Clinton was running for president and she had to take classes to relate to the constituents, how to relate to the person knocking on the doors, meeting people, talking to the constituents. They're, they're not just grasping it. They're not getting it. But yet... Somehow they're still running the country. We have a lot to get to. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Hans von Spatowski. Try and say that three times fast. He's going to be joining us about his latest book on electoral systems, uh, author of the book Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. We'll talk about the evolution or devolution, if you want to call it that way, in the electoral process and how voting systems have changed throughout the years. That'll be a great conversation. But I don't want to waste any time today. Super excited to have this guy back on the program with us here in our latest in What's Trending. What's trending today? As right now, Democrats, again, desperate to try and make some type of agenda for midterm talking points into next year's elections on uh, trying to go after the Trump administration on everything. They're going after him for the January 6th, you know, shenanigans because the because whatever, try and relate Trump to that in some way, shape or form doesn't make any sense to me. But they're also going after on how the Trump administration uh, handled the COVID-19 pandemic for the last few months of the administration because apparently now they handled it horribly and we're going to get to the bottom of it because that's the most important thing in the world. We just passed a debt ceiling of another $2.5 trillion for the federal government, but by God, that's not important, raising inflation rates and the economy crashing. It's all about the COVID response from the Trump administration. And one individual has been subpoenaed, but... He's fighting it because this is stupid and a waste of time from the federal government. He's former assistant to President Donald Trump. He's author of In Trump Time, a journal in America's plague year. Super excited to have back on the program with us here, Mr. Peter Navarro. Peter, how are you, my friend? Hey, great to be here. That's exactly my uh, defense that uh, I'll carry right to the Supreme Court. It's it's stupid and wrong what they're doing. It's a waste look, of time. Uh, it, look, it's a total waste of time because... Keep in mind that this committee that's run by James Clyburn, he's the guy who, who basically saved Joe Biden's career and was responsible for a feckless fool with dementia running our country. Just remember that that's the guy who's coming after me. So think about that. <laughs> but the, this Clyburn started this nonsense back during the middle of the campaign 
in 2020, and they've been like, like this. This is a dog. There's a lot of dogs in D.C., but this dog won't hunt because yeah. at this point, more people have died under the Biden Fauci watch than when Donald Trump was in in office. And by the way, Joe Biden uh, had the vaccines that we gave him, and if you believe what Fauci says. It's like there shouldn't be that many people dying anymore. How's that working out, Tony? So, uh, you know, they want to put me in jail. Uh, they want to put Steve Bannon and Mark Meadows in jail, and they want to discredit the president. So what we have is a classic situation here where the Democrats are trying to weaponize the investigatory powers of the Congress simply for partisan political purposes. And in the process, they are going to destroy one of the great principles of the executive branch effectiveness, which is something called executive privilege. Executive privilege goes back to George Washington, who recognized that if a a president cannot have advisors be candid with him or her, as the case might be at some point, then you can't really make good decisions. So candor requires confidentiality. Confidentiality requires executive privilege. And President Trump, in my case, has invoked the privilege. I don't have the ability to waive the privilege, have no inclination to violate the privilege. And so it's up to this this Star Chamber Witch Hunt Committee basically to hash this out with the president's lawyers, not me. So I told them to go pound sand today, effectively, not showing up, not giving them anything. Uh, you want to come after me, the law's on my side. I mean, they sent me this letter. Um, I, I read the thing, and, and it, it was terrible legal uh, work. I mean, the, the, the greenest law clerk could have been, done a better job. They cited a case, which was not only Harlow Fitzgerald, look it up, law folks out there, which not only was a not on point to the case at hand, but implied somehow they were going going after me for some kind of criminal uh, misconduct, which is like, okay, really? Uh, Not showing up to your committee, folks, if if that's your intention. Um, So uh, that's where we stand. And it's it's like, here's the other thing I'll tell you. They don't get it. What goes around comes around. If they destroy executive privilege, if they destroy executive privilege and start putting people like me and Bannon in jail, what happens in 2022 when the Republicans take back the House, which they will? What do you think is going to happen to everybody in the Biden White House? The subpoenas are going to be flying. Well, what happened in Afghanistan? You know, what, what happened at the border? What, what's Kamala up to these days? Yeah. And so on, so on. It's just, it's just, I mean, nobody is going to be able to give good advice to any president Nobody's want to, going to want to serve in government, and it's just it's just nuts. Well, again, it's the rules that apply to you, but don't apply to me sort of thing. I mean, the Democrats are all about transparency yeah. with the Trump administration. Like, we need to investigate every single phone call, every single email. But now that Biden's in office, he doesn't even take any conver- any questions from the media. We have a, uh, a White House press lady, Jen Psaki, that doesn't answer half the questions as well. It's a complete disaster. And then they get mad when we try to press them on issues. It's the do as I say, not as I do mentality. Yeah, it's, 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 really, uh, it's really unfortunate. And, and here's the difference, just a little granularity for, you, for your listeners. It's like this January 6th committee is different from mine in a very important sense. 
And it's, it's, it's due to a t- tremendous mistake Kevin McCarthy, the Republican minority leader, made in the House. McCarthy, when it came to the January 6th committee, um, refused to put any Republicans on that committee. It was a, a protest, right? So the de- Democrats immediately outflanked him because Liz Cheney and, and Adam Kinzinger, these, like, these rhino Republicans and Democrat drags, were willing to get on there. And so they're getting these unanimous votes yeah. for holding like Meadows and Bannon in, in contempt and therefore getting ready to jail them, right? Um, and be and they can say to the courts, well, it's 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 nonpartisan, it's bipartisan because you got no 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 those Liz Cheney nobody would ever confuse Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger <laughs> for real Republicans. On on my committee, I got warriors. I got Jim Jordan, I got Steve Scalise, I got Mark Green. They're not going to be putting up with this nonsense. If they vote to hold me in contempt on that, it'll be a strict party line vote. Yeah. Um, and and if any of the Democrats on that wake up to their senses, uh, they won't vote that because, hey, I'm ready to go right now. It's on my bucket list. They'll argue a case before the Supreme Court. I'm ready to go right now and argue on the facts um, on executive privilege because what the Democrats want to do is nuts. And, and by the way, there was a, 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 last week a decision came out from an appeals court, stacked partisan appeals court with two judges appointed by, by, by Obama and one by Biden. And among other things, they made the ridiculous claim that a sitting president can take away executive privilege from a former president. If that is not the most stupid and dangerous thing, if you think that through, it's it's crazy. It effectively politicizes executive privilege and destroys that as we know it. And I'll tell you what, (laughs) if that ever got to the Supreme Court, uh, that that might even be a nine to zero vote because it is so friggin stupid. Yeah, it's a laughing stock how they're approaching this stuff. It seems to me, and especially with the letter that they've sent you, the try to bullying mentality that they've sent you with this and trying to start all these investigations, they're just throwing, it's like spaghetti being thrown at the wall to see what sticks and what they can yeah. use because they don't know how to target approach any of this because they have nothing. Well, I would be remiss in not pointing out that, that, that my In Trump Time book clears up both of the investigations. The January 6th one wants to charge President Trump with instigating the violence. My book, Chapter 21, proves beyond any shadow of a doubt that all President Trump wanted was peace and calm on Capitol Hill so that me and Bannon and him and others could could go forward with what we call the Green Bay Packers sweep strategy to get only legal votes counted. And then, look, I'm the wrong guy for this other committee to go after. I mean, if anybody was on top of his game, during the pandemic, it was me. I say that humbly. If I hadn't been there, there'd be a lot of people not alive today because I was the guy in the White House in January of 2020 with the president, with Robert O'Brien, the national security advisor, who was warning of a pandemic. I got the memos to prove it. It's all in the Trump Time book. Meanwhile, Clyburn, Pelosi, de Blasio, Cuomo, Fauci, they're all telling us for months after that that there was no risk. Pelosi is, go dance in Chinatown. Fauci, oh, no risk. It's like, are you guys out of your mind? I'm I'm working on behalf of the president to get ventilators, therapeutics, PPE, 
testing swabs out of the Italian Alps, Alps into Memphis. I mean, come on, Clyburn. Yeah. You're barking up the wrong tree here, dude. Just, just back the truck up, get out of my face, and go figure out something that's good for the American people because what you're doing uh, is wrong. And by the way, Clyburn, you are responsible for that feckless Biden fool in the White House because it was you in South Carolina who endorsed him for that primary that saved his political career and took him out of the ash heap of history where Biden belongs. I'm telling you, they're poking the bear and they don't know what they're doing. And when they start poking the wrong bears like yourself and you end up going up and actually showing them what's really going on, they're going to regret it because it's going to open up a Pandora's box of what they don't want to get out. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, I, I, I welcome a debate on this. Uh, but I'm not going to go up to their star chamber and kowtow mm-hmm. to them and act like a coward. Yeah. Not going to happen. And, uh, you know, at this point, the legal point is simple. Uh, President Trump has, has asserted executive privilege. I do not have the power to waive the privilege. Therefore, that committee needs to work it out with Donald John Trump and his lawyers. Not me. That's what it's all about. Peter Navarro, former assistant to President Donald Trump, author book In Trump Time. I'm telling you, after four years of the Trump administration, they still haven't figured out that trying to bully people doesn't work well for them, especially with you guys. Peter, it's so great to talk to you, my friend. I love chatting with you. we got to get you back on and talk some more soon. Absolutely. Hey, always a pleasure, my friend. That's Peter Navarro right there. PeterNavarro.com. Lots more coming up here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Are you sensing the desperation? A little bit of desperation from the left-wing Democrats. They have nothing, not a zero. So what do they do? They waste time. They waste taxpayer money on investigations to go after the former president because they don't want to look at the failures of the current president and their administration and their policies and their agenda and everything else they're doing right now that's uh, really screwing everybody up right now. We'll get to some of that here in just a minute. But thanks again to Peter Navarro coming on the program, former Trump advisor. The uh, Now, of course, as you've heard in the media, that it's really, really bad, and it means that he's trying to hide something because he used the executive privilege to try and stop the investigation. That's not the case. That's a lie. It is totally absurd. Yeah, total lie. And uh, hold on. Where's my... I thought I had another one. I usually try to play. Oh, here we are. You are fake news. Oh, that's right. Yeah, mainstream media. Yeah, so... They have nothing. They try to investigate stupid things. And again, they're throwing the spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks because they need something to crack. And again, when you poke the bear enough times, you wake the sleeping beast and you come after him. And for the massively crooked politicians to go after someone else by calling them crooked and trying to investigate them legally and saying they're criminals when they're the criminals doing the shenanigans, I almost said a really bad word there, we got to stay FCC approved here on the radio, that this uh, things are going to turn ugly for you because if you want us to testify, hold on to your seats because we'll show you exactly what's going on. Kind of like the 49 members of Congress that failed to report their financial trades. And then Pelosi's like, oh yeah, it's a free market economy, they can trade. Now, the policy that they pass from Washington, D.C. affect the market so they can pass policy to make themselves more money based on what they invest in in the private market. But there's no conflict of interest in any way, shape, or form with what they're doing, right? According to Nancy Pelosi. At the same time, she did do her weekly press conference and she said this kind of stupid crap. The big event for us yesterday, of course, was the debt limit, <clears throat> to lift the debt limit. It's just always so <clears throat> interesting to me that not the Republicans vote against lifting the debt li- the, the debt lim- the ceiling the debt It is something that um, threatens our, the financial security of our country. Is is uh, uh, gambles with the personal financial security of families, and again the health of our economy as well as its impact globally. Uh, It's one thing to say, well, we'll have a few votes against it to make a statement. It's another thing to say we shouldn't be doing it. And that's what they did yesterday. Spoken like a true person that has no core values on anything. It's one thing to vote, have a few people vote against it just to try and make a stand and say like they actually represent something. But it's really troubling that they actually believe what they say and actually vote in unison as a party who believes in limited government to stand against and actually vote for it as a horde. How dare they try and vote against the debt ceiling? Now, that's not necessarily true because I would like to remind you that 18 Republicans, including Mitch McConnell on the Senate side, voted to repeal the filibuster for this rule so that way the democrats could have a simple majority vote so what she's talking about with a lack of spine a lack of core values a lack of principles that did actually happen for some republicans and i'm sure she's very proud of that that they voted against it and oh no it's nothing we could do we got rid of the filibuster they had the majority there's no way we could stop it but yet they voted to repeal the filibuster instead of getting the 60 votes needed and winning over 10 republicans in voting in support of That would look really bad on their record going into a midterm election saying, hey, I voted to raise the debt ceiling another two and a half trillion dollars. I can't do that. 
So what they do is they vote behind the scenes to get rid of the filibuster and then vote against it and say, look, at I voted against the debt ceiling raising. There's nothing I could do. We were outnumbered. There's no way we could stop it. <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. Welcome again to the inside politicians who try to fool you, but they're not fooling us any longer. Because we're aware of this, we're recognizing it, and we're exposing them for what they are. So we'll have the names of the 18 Republicans on the Senate side that got rid of the filibuster and voted for that. Mitch McConnell was the head number one, making that backdoor deal with Mr. Chuck Schumer in the Senate side to allow that to get through. Or else we could have stopped the debt ceiling from being raised. But now, guess what? We're up to $31 trillion for a national debt, and it's all okay because, by golly, we're a healthy nation when we have a whole lot of debt that we can't pay on and that we can barely pay the interest payments on as the nation. That is a sign of health, right? Kind of? Sort of? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. What a show today. What a show today. Peter Navarro earlier at the top of the hour. Appreciate him coming on the program. Former Trump advisor. We'll get him back on the show again here soon. We have Nancy Pelosi losing her mind over Republicans voting against the debt ceiling yesterday. That, by the way, did pass. And it went to the president's desk. So there you are. Officially, we're $31 trillion in debt as a nation. Now, I did a little research, and it was just kind of interesting. We'll play some more audio about that in a little bit. Back in 2013 was when the big like debt ceiling issue hit, and they were worried about $16 trillion. Yeah. Just eight years later, we've doubled that at $31 trillion. So I find that relatively interesting. But by golly, if we don't do it this time, then we're all going to die. I know. Welcome back into the show. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, multiple radio stations, TV stations, and the live streaming. I do have that big announcement that I'm waiting for that we'll get to here in just a little bit. Not today, but like later this week. By the end of the week, I'll have that big announcement. Super exciting as we launch a brand new year for 2022, as we are obviously a smaller radio show growing exponentially all the time with our Hoosier Media Network, with all the platforms and different uh, affiliate stations, uh, radio and TV that we're on. Really cool stuff coming up, so stay tuned in. We'll announce that here in just a little bit. But right now, let's shift gears a little bit and get to our next guest. Really excited to chat with him in our latest in What's Trending. What's Trending Today. So obviously we have the midterm elections coming up in 2022. Major election cycle as the Democrats are frantic to try and find some type of platform to run on. So what do they do? They go back to the same old, same old Republicans are evil and hate people. And Donald Trump, you know, was just an evil, terrible, horrible human being. 
But the election system itself, I know personally a lot of individuals that just don't trust the electoral process anymore. We have the national popular vote movement that's trying to be pushed. We have concerns about the electoral system, about fraud, about the electronic system, about all of this stuff that's going on in the system. Do you trust it right now? Because there are still many individuals that believe that the election was rigged in 2020 for uh, against President Donald Trump. And again, we know that there is fraud. Fraud happens every single year, whether it was enough to sway the election or not. I don't know. I don't have enough information, personally. There are some that claim it, some that don't. To talk about this, super excited to have on the program. He is with the Heritage Foundation. We love those guys. He's a senior legal fellow and manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative at the Heritage Foundation and co-author of Our Broken Elections. How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. Excited to have on the program here Hans von Spakovsky with us here. Hans, how are you, my friend? Eddie, I'm doing just fine. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I really appreciate you joining the program today. A really interesting topic because I think this is going to be one of the front and center issues going into the midterms because, as I mentioned, there are a lot of people that I know that don't trust the electoral system. Are they justified in that concern? Well, I think they're justified in having concerns about it. Um, and those concerns, uh, actually, a number of state legislators, including including the one in Kansas, uh, have tried to fix those. And look, the, the one good thing that came out of last year's election was that a lot of state legislators and the public finally realized that for many years we've had vulnerabilities in the system that need to be fixed. And so a number of states, not just Kansas, but places like Florida, Georgia, uh, Texas, Arizona, Iowa, all passed election reform bills intended to fix many of these issues. And that's a good thing. And that should give people um, some degree of optimism about uh, uh, upcoming elections. That is really good news. And you're right. In, in the state of Kansas, where I'm based out of with, with my flagship, I mean, our secretary of state right now, I am a big fan of. I'm great personal friends with him. I get him on the program with me all the time for our local shows. And he's done a lot of good work to try and clean things up. We've had legislators that have tried to try and fine-tune the system here as well. And we're doing great. The problem is, and, and other states have done this as well, Georgia's working on that, Texas is working on some, Arizona's been working on some. There's a lot of states trying to fine-tune the systems to expose the vulnerabilities and make sure it's a streamlined system that's good. There's a lot of political pushback whenever you try to do that, though. Well, that's true. And as you know, when, for example, Georgia and Texas passed their very good election reform bills, they were castigated in the media. You know, Major League Baseball moved the games out of Atlanta. Joe Biden and others came out saying it was Jim Crow, too. Uh, when you actually looked at the bill, the claims that were being made against it were absolutely ridiculous. And a good example of this is, um, look, one of the things that Georgia and Texas did, but both states had uh, good voter ID laws, but both of those states, the, the law only applies to in-person voting. Sure. And of course, we had a huge increase in people voting by absentee ballots. So what did they do? They extended the ID requirement to absentee ballots. And it, it, it's an easy requirement to meet. It's not going to keep anybody from voting, but that was considered Jim Crow yeah. by Democrats and by the president, which of course is absurd and actually shows a patronizingly racist attitude. The idea that, for example, African-Americans can't, don't have an ID or can't get an ID. Oh, come on, come on. You know, that's an absurd claim, but that's the kind of claims that were made against those laws. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. What was your thoughts a few years back 
during the Trump administration of the Election Integrity Commission. Our former Secretary of State from Kansas here, Chris Kobach, worked with Vice President Mike Pence. They tried to, right. to, to, to kind of compare some of the voter rolls in different counties, in different states, and try and see where there are people that are registered numerous times or where the death rolls are, and try to see if we could find some of the irregularities. And the uh, they, they stopped it. There was legal issues left and right, and it didn't go more than about six months, and it shut down. But was that a good start, and should we try something like that again? Yes, and in fact, uh, and I don't know if you realize it, but I was I served on that commission with oh, Chris Kobach. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. I, I I I've known Chris Kobach for years, and I was actually one of the people that Trump appointed. But it tells you a lot about the left. Remember, what this commission was supposed to do was simply study the problem, and then make recommendations for fixing the problems in the current system. Right. When the left went crazy, berserk over this, they didn't want us to study the problem when when we wanted to get the voter registration list of all of the states so we could compare them and find people who, for example, are registered in more than one state and maybe voting more than one state. Uh, all these uh, blue states said, we are not giving you this information. You just want this so you can suppress votes, which, of course, was, again, an absurd claim. Right. And they filed a dozen lawsuits to prevent the commission from operating or doing any work and it unfortunately it worked we weren't able to do any of the research and come up with any of any any recommended solutions and 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 it was shut down but the point is they were so fearful of the research we wanted to do to find the extent of the problem that they did everything they could to shut it down yeah yeah, it's unfortunate. We're talking with Hans von Spakovsky, author of the book Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. I don't want to go too deep into it since we're so short on time, but I do want to talk a little bit about the history of voting in the country. Has there always been a sense of fraud or shenanigans going on? I mean, you hear about like the, the gangs of New York in that movie where, oh, you've only voted three times. Come on over and vote again kind of thing. Has that always happened in the nation or is that kind of a limited, narrow thing that's happened in the, in the history of the U.S.? Well, I'll quote to you the United States Supreme Court which in 2008, when it upheld Indiana's new voter ID law, said the United States has a long history of election fraud. It's been documented by journalists and historians, and it could make the difference in a close election. And that, of course, is the key to this. Uh, We have close elections all the time in this country, particularly at the local level. Sure. And that's where it could make a difference. So, no, unfortunately, we have a long history of it. That's why, for example, you know, 100 years ago, we developed the secret ballot. Yeah. We didn't have that before. And, and not having a secret ballot led to all kinds of fraud and coercion of voters. That is unfortunate. What would a national popular vote do to the fraud that does happen in the nation? Would that enhance it more? Because if you could just get the general public to go towards a popular vote based on shenanigans and tweaking it, fine-tuning it a little bit, would that enhance fraud in the nation, do you think? Absolutely. And the reason is that, look, California is a blue state. Everybody knows that Democrats are going to win it. Um, and the electoral votes are going to go uh, for a Democratic president. But if we had a national popular vote, it, there would be an incentive, even in a state like that, controlled by one party, to submit as many fraudulent votes as possible in that state, because that could change the outcome of the national election. That's really concerning, because I know a lot of states have actually signed on to it, and I hope that no more do, because once they get you know three-quarters of the states to do it, then it's kind of irrelevant if the other states hold on to their uh, electoral process the way that we have it. And I, I think that's growing right. in more popular popularity every year, isn't it? Uh, about two-thirds of the states 
uh, that that are needed to pass that national popular vote uh, plan, unfortunately, have passed it. All blue states so far, not a single red state. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving forward as well, I mean, what's the biggest risk that we have? Is it the national popular vote? Is it uh, trying to do the voter ID stuff where we're seeing, you know, illegal aliens being allowed to vote in certain states or they're trying legislation there? Is it the mail-in stuff? Is it the the online? I think I know people are like, oh, well, we should be able to vote on our phone from an app sort of thing. What could be the greatest risk to the electoral process moving forward? All of those things that you've mentioned are big risks, but the biggest, most immediate problem is the fact that Democrats have just announced in the United States Congress that they're once again going to push forward um, these bills they've put in that would lead to a federal takeover yeah. of the administration of, ele- of elections. The, the people of Kansas, for example, would no longer be able to set the rules in their state on voter ID and things like that because it would be dictated by the federal government. That is extremely dangerous. It could lead to um, insecurity in our elections for a very long time. Yeah, and luckily they haven't worked so far. HR1 failed miserably. What is it? HR3 yeah. now is like the watered down version of that, and I'm a little concerned about it. We got to take a break here, Hans. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Actually, I, I can't. Uh, you can't? Okay, uh, that's that's all right. It's Hans von I, I apologize. No, that. you're fine. we got to get you back on and talk some more about this because it's a really important one, and I, I didn't want to put you on the spot there. But Hans von Spakovsky, Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. Hans, it's great to talk to you, my friend. I know it's an ongoing issue. Let's get you back on soon and talk about some of the solutions that we can work on. Sure, happy to do it. Hey, appreciate that very much, my friend. That's uh, great content, I tell you. A lot of stuff to talk about there. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll dissect some of that, what we can do to move forward. Make sure you trust the electoral process and how we can move forward in a positive way. We'll do that when we come back here. It's The Voice Reason. It's a midweek celebration. Stay right here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Thanks again to Hans coming on the program. Great information there. We'll definitely get him back on the show to talk some more about the elections, the election integrity, how to clean up the system. Go and check out the book as well. This is what we need to focus on going into the midterm elections. Let the politicians focus on their political talking points. We focus on making sure that it's a legitimate election and we can figure it out from there. I've told you many times before on this program, and I have never heard a single other person on the radio, in the media, talk about this idea. I really, truly, honestly think that we need to start working on trying to implement electoral college system at the statewide level. Just like we do at the national level with an electoral college, we do an electoral college at the statewide level in every state based on population of certain districts, based on certain population of counties or cities. However we figure it out, whatever states decide to do, we need to figure that out. And I think we need to implement that. It would tighten up the electoral system, I think, a little bit better. It would make things run a little more mainstream. It would have a fair voice, and we wouldn't have to worry about the the quote-unquote democracy, which, again, democracy is not a good thing. Andy, we live in a democracy. No, we don't. We live in a constitutional republic. Democracy is mob rule. 51% beats the 48%, so we get to take your bikes away. <laughs> take that, because the majority voted and we said so. There's a time and place for a majority vote. There's a time and place for not a majority vote. I like to use this example, and I've said it many times on my local programs. Uh, for those that live outside of Kansas, this would make a little bit of a sense. We have 99 counties in the state of Kansas. Our current governor, Governor Laura Kelly, a left-wing crazy Democrat who just has no clue what the hell she's doing. She's kind of like a Joe Biden, an angry librarian form. <laughs> she's got the crazy bull cut. She's got like the librarian glasses. She speaks really, really soft like this. And, but yet she's very stern. And I'm going to be the education governor trying to save the country. Uh, that's, that's our governor here in Kansas. For those that don't live in the Kansas, you can be proud that you do not have her as a governor. She won out of 99 counties in the state of Kansas. She won with seven counties winning for her. Seven. Seven out of 99. That's how many counties she won in her election. Now, she's going to get slaughtered in the midterm election because she's very unpopular here. And uh, our current attorney general, I think, is going to do well, uh, Derek Schmidt, who's been on fire lately. So uh, and he, we don't have a big primary here either. So that's really good news on the Republican side. So I see him walking away with it personally. Don't want to jinx it. But I see that happening here in Kansas. But uh, we need to have some type of electoral college system at the statewide level. You should not be able to win an election winning seven counties out of 99 counties. That doesn't make any sense to me. Is it 99 or 105? I forget. doesn't really matter right now. Not the point I'm trying to make. Seven counties she ended up winning drives me nuts. There are many states where you have that because you have a larger populated area and they completely overrun it. New York. New York is a beautiful state with a lot of conservative individuals in upper New York and outside of New York City that have some conservative views, but yet they are completely irrelevant when it comes to an election statewide for governors or for secretary of states or for attorney generals or for U.S. senators. Completely irrelevant. 
As a conservative in upper state New York, you will never have national representation except for your local congressman or woman that's actually going to be conservative or Republican to fight for you in Washington, D.C., or even handle statewide issues. You will never get it because there are so many people in New York City that they will dominate every single election. That is completely unfair and completely against the entire concept of the Constitution. When they formed the Constitution, when they formed election laws all the way back when, they realized that when there's a massive differentiating uh, population difference between highly populated areas and rural communities, they wanted to try and solve that issue, which is why they came up with an electoral college system at the statewide level for national elections so that way more populated states don't overrun the less populated states. The times have changed since then to where now we even have that breakup internally from the states with massively populated high-density areas in large cities and then rural communities. And it's just about prevalent in almost every state across the nation. It's time we start working for a statewide electoral college system, and I think that we're going to lead that charge nationally because there's nobody else talking about that, and I think we need to personally. And some states have some very great processes when it comes to voter ID laws or when it comes to verifying themselves or kind of limiting when you can do early voting or mail-in ballots or provisional ballots and all these other opportunities for some individuals. But we need to take it a step further to represent the rural communities and the less populated areas across the nation, state by state, county by county, city by city. Boom. There it is. Working to fix the issues one step at a time. When we get Hans von Spakovsky, try and say that three times fast. I know I have a very difficult job on the radio trying to pronounce some of these names of guests coming on, but he was fantastic, and I love him from the Heritage Foundation. We're definitely getting him back on the program. I'm going to throw that idea out there and see if it's something that we could try to implement, what we could do, and would that help solve some of the issues in the nation. Until then... We have a heck of a lineup of guests coming up for you tomorrow and Friday, wrapping up the week, getting you set for Christmas week next week. I know, hard to believe, don't mean to trigger you for that one. Plus some great stuff coming up as well for the program. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be the catalyst in your community. It's time to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.